The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome all you intentional spirits. A big shout out today to all of you listening from Australia. Wow, we just love having you join our show. I'm very grateful of your being part of our our intentional spirit club. <laughs> so speaking of a club of change, somebody that's making a difference because she's willing to be different is a high energy. They call her really the lightning bolt, and you'll understand why. Her name is Allison Kay, Dr. Allison Kay, welcome to our show today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm thrilled to have you and I, um, I, I love meeting someone that, uh, you know, actually models like uh, when you talk about high vibration or those kind of things. I, I love somebody that actually is the example to the writing, you know, because I knew when I connected with you, you didn't have a ghostwriter for your book, that you actually wrote it and you really live it. And um, I just love that. That's really awesome. So thank you for setting an example. That would be the first thing. How did you become an intentional spirit? I mean, how did you, along the way, we have a broad range of listeners all over the world and and obviously everybody uh many people are at different levels uh, so i i always like to share that none of us started out from the mountaintop you know usually some of us <laughs> were in a valley some of us were in a cave you know whatever how did you become an intentional spirit well Reverend Temple Hayes, thank you for what you <laughs> just expressed. Um, it means a lot to me to hear that. I, I really do live my live the path and walk the talk, and I don't know how to do anything differently than that. I if I try, I don't even try. I, I, I I've never tried, but I don't seem to be able to get away with anything <laughs> with my higher self. Mm-hmm. So in order to be an intentional spirit, I I, I haven't had, I, I do have a choice. I could not listen, but if I never, if I, there were times when I didn't listen, then I would be extremely uncomfortable in some area of my life. And so I would know to pull back and go back to listening and let that guidance guide me. And I, I mean, from the preteens all, all the way through, I have always had this connection, um, that doesn't seem to let me get away with straying off the path. So Mm -hmm. um, I hope that that helps to answer your question at the most beginning stage. And I wanted to thank you, too, for your pioneering. My first book, as well as this next book about to release, um, both are dedicated in the dedications themselves to the pioneering beings on our planet, and you're one of them. 
Mm. And I'm so grateful because it's, you know, as those pathways get machetes cutting down the brush, the first go through, it makes it easier for anyone who wants to walk that path afterwards. And so I am grateful to all. And thank you so much for saying that. We kind of gave some moment of music for people to think about that pioneering spirit because it's it's within um, each and every one of us. And you know, I identify so much with your story um, in that I'm always fascinated sometimes when, as uh, spirits, souls, incarnations, whatever people, you know, we're guided to share the show together. And sometimes it's like very eerie to me because what you just said about how you became an intentional spirit, I love the way you framed it because um, that's always been my truth too. You know, um, somebody could, somebody else could get upset, you know, at the person at the traffic light, you know, <laughs> and they could just get upset and everybody goes way too much Starbucks or whatever. But I could get upset and a car behind me would follow me all the way to where I went and said, you know, yeah. <laughs> And I went, you know, you're right. Or, you know, one day I was just like really needing to get to a memorial and there was this big thing with traffic. And so I'm just really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying this stress because I usually leave so much earlier. I mean, I learned stress management a long time ago and I really apply it, right? But this particular day, there was something that happened with the bridge or something. It was so out of my control, but I was just feeling so stressed, you know. This, this woman's beside me in the traffic light going, are you all right? You know, you just look so stressed and, you know. <laughs> so, and, and of course, you know, let's not even talk about all the times of alcohol and all the times of speeding. Yeah, I've always been one of those people that uh, my consciousness or my soul's 
uh, wanting to be consciousness into my body being uh, holds me to a very high standard. And it yeah. uh, it comes very quickly, you know. So I really, I, I thank you for putting that in that perspective. That was a new way of framing it for me. Well, your first book... Um, was I just love the title. Uh, we talk about it a lot in Unity. We talk about it in New Thought. We talk about it in Shamanism, of coming from a place of wholeness. Uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins, who is the teacher of teachers, said, Never before me do I see a person uh, that is sick, but a whole person coming to be recognized. So in your book, you talk about, and the title of your book is, What if there's... There is nothing wrong. What if there is nothing wrong? What do you mean by that? Well, my background has been 23 years of meditation and 22 years of teaching it and eventually leading to getting certified in yoga and meditation teaching in India and eventually leading to living 10 years in Asia to study subtle energy and the effects of meditation and living from our perspective of a more Buddhist approach to life. My first major in college was psychology, and after three semesters I saw its incompleteness and that it was focused on the hardwiring and not answering the question of why do human beings choose what they do and do what they do and create happiness and joy or misery and suffering. So I switched majors and have been asking that question ever since. How do we have uh, wellness? in all areas of our lives, throughout our mind-body-spirit system from a holistic perspective. So that eventually got me into energy medicine. It eventually got me into moving to Asia, like I just mentioned. And when I lived in the Eastern Hemisphere, having an entire hemisphere with a backdrop of the basic Buddhist premise of every human mind is a neurotic mind. So here are the tools to work with your own neuroses. Mm. It was... It's such a, it is such a different experience in vibration as the collective backdrop and underpinning to everything than having the, one of the thickest, if not the thickest book with the APA, American Psychological Association's list of diagnoses that run a society. Instead, it's here, yes, you, you are neurotic. Your mind is neurotic. Here are the tools to work with the neurotic mind. First, let's learn to detach from its thoughts and not believe its thoughts. So the book, What If There's Nothing Wrong, it's another aspect of this. Is when I lived over there, uh, my, it took a while for my Chinese to develop. And so I was living at somewhat of a removed level as an expat, as all the expats do. You, it's a, an interesting process to get accepted and integrated within the Chinese society. And so there was this platform or opportunity for me to be able to, at that quasi-unplugged level, create, really play with how my thoughts create my reality. So that, for example, you get scared at a lot as a foreigner. Any foreigner does. And I have the blonde hair, blue eyes coloring, so that got me scared at even more. And then my light, I actually, in my second year of living over there, I learned to turn my light down so I would get looked at less. But I played with my reaction or my perception to the scares. I mean, I had sometimes groups of kids looking at my eyes for the eye color, looking into, not looking at me, my being, but just looking at my eyes, peering nose to nose right at my eyeballs, interested in the color because I just don't have that coloring. So, I mean, it was, I used to actually give seminars to the incoming foreign teachers because I was administrator of the international school I worked at. 
in, had to talk and approach the subject of getting stared at. So it's not a small thing. So I looked at my, in playing with how our thoughts and perceptions create our reality, I looked at how my response one day as, wow, I'm getting treated like a star. I'm a rock star. Woohoo! Mm. Created ripples versus, oh my God, this is so invasive. Let me, let me close in and introvert and, and withdraw and, and what that created. So that's just one example, but overall I was really able to have the space created because I was in a different collective where you had to check your energy before you entered a room. You couldn't just go barreling into a room, extroverted, saying hi, greeting everybody. You had to check your energy at the door, tune into the feeling tone in the room, and then match it in order to keep the harmony of the group. So there was just a very different... um, set of cultural beliefs and practices that clearly um, informed the daily lifestyle choices that were in many ways absolutely opposite to our training in America, especially as a woman um, in being strong and independent as a Northeastern originally Bostonian woman, that version didn't fly well over there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm kind of getting that picture. (laughs) I bet it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so just like looking at, oh my God, so wait, is it not? So then I would I would question myself and allow for change that would help me be a more balanced uh, uh, person, human. And so I looked at the softening of that strong, independent, fiery spirit, and I liked it. I liked the the withdrawing, the stepping back, the receiving, the passivity. I liked that balancing, and I allowed for it. And in fact, two years before I ever moved to Asia, I was working with um, Guan Yin's energy, not even thinking about moving to Asia, because I had felt out of balance after getting my master's, feeling very masculine, feeling very oriented towards productivity, and I just felt out of balance. So I I, I made use of <laughs> challenges um, and, and allowed it to shape who I've become today, but it, created this opportunity to really see so what i grew up with and the way we do life isn't the only way to do it and and appreciate it from an experiential perspective instead of like the traveling where we get glimpses of it but really living there and starting to understand and eventually teach the cultural differences so we really are creating everything and with our perceptions like even the way we organize our streets in america you can see the desire for logical concrete, sequential, left-brain thinking in our urban planning, in the way the suburbs are cut up, the zoning laws are created here in America. And it's not like that in other parts of the world. Like in Asia, they honor chaos and their traffic flow, and there's some kind of harmony to it. It's astonishing when you first step and try to flow with it. But it's, so it's just, it's a beautiful contrast, the East and the West. And so all of this created my looking at, okay, so, if they approach energy as the primary and physical and physicality as a secondary, and we're over here in the States having all of these chronic diseases and diagnoses happen, and they're over here saying, no, even cancer is just a symptom of a system that's out of balance. There is some creating of suffering that doesn't need to be happening. And so all of these reasons of what are behind what if there's nothing wrong, because we can choose our suffering and we can unchoose our suffering with what we focus on with our thoughts and perception. Mm, I love that. And, and I, I love the, the whole um, 
part of that that's a very powerful statement and it's a place um you know for people to really journal and explore that what if there is nothing wrong and a lot of times you know people coming off addiction coming off abusive families and stuff like that i mean that was a big aha moment for me um you know 20 years ago is to realize that even though i had stopped a lot of the habits that were not for my highest and best or choices I had made or whatever, I was still used to carrying that there's something wrong, you know, underneath. And to have, I mean, it, and sometimes it's that simple is just to have that aha moment. There doesn't have to be anything wrong. You know, often trying to keep something wrong takes a lot of, lot of work. Not long ago, I blogged something about, you know, a miracle is when something's happening that you're celebrating. A miracle is also when you, you know, you have lack and fear and, and you do it you know in a on a consistent basis you know and a person wrote what you know i can't wrap my head around that and it's like well it's a miracle to keep messing your life up day after day you'd actually have to have a miracle to have that happen consistently all the time so i love what you're talking about one of the key words you mentioned that that really lit me up is when we we talk about the practice you know ernest holmes in the science of mind said and i kind of live by this statement it says we spend far too much time in theory and not enough practice Uh, a recent um, buddhist practice that i've incorporated in my daily life um, is to have to start the morning with uh, like a favorite bowl container a bowl and and so uh filling it with water and as you're filling it with water kind of honoring the day honoring the grace um allowing the fluidity of life to come you know in whatever ways that are natural to the person you know use me or i'm here to serve or whatever and i'm just open in the day and then at the end of the day it's taking that live water that's been alive with those thoughts, that consciousness, that energy, that vitality, that lightning bolt that you probably zapped it with. And then, you know, from that place, um, you empty it. And I empty it either into a live fountain, a plant, or to my animal's uh, drinking bowl so that the life continues. And you turn it over and let it dry out and then fill it with water the next day. And I have loved that. Yeah. And that that practice alone has made a significant difference in my day. And if it takes all of, you know, total three minutes, that's about all it is. But it has really just been such a blessing to me. So you're being in a place surrounded by people with doing these kind of practices and developing uh, the great art of meditation is just so, it's just something we need more of. The practical rather than the theory, rather than, you know, just the we're all okay, but to do practices that bring us that okayness. So that's the kind of consciousness that we're, we're talking about. Really powerful. And so I want to thank everybody for being part of our show today. Uh, we are talking to Dr. Allison J- J.K., 
uh, you can go to her website, Allison with one L, AllisonJK.com. When we come back, Hi. she's going to be talking to us about her vibrational upgrade system. We're going to delve into her book more and to her practices, as well as hopefully she's going to tell us a little information about her book soon to be released. I want to thank all of you for your ongoing participation in our show and a big shout out of appreciation for those of you that share our mp3 share our radio show on your social media and invite other people to participate and if you have an interest of being on our show please give us a shout out for about that we'll be right back after this short break Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Weather forecasters can provide guesstimates based on scientific data, but in the end, we cannot know with absolute certainty what the weather will be until we live it. Life works the same way. We may think we know what's going to happen, expecting the best while preparing for the worst. We can keep a positive frame of mind and weather any storm because we are one with the ever-present miracle-working power of God. We are mightier than any circumstance on this earth because we are divine in nature and a part of the eternal. We live in a world where we can realize our possibilities because we know that with God all things are possible. And the way to keep our hearts and minds centered and focused on divine potentialities is through prayer. As author Francis W. Folks wrote in her book, Effectual Prayer, If the time of achievement seems long, pray. If the way seems dark, pray. If the results seem delayed, pray. Morning, noon, and night, pray. Pray without ceasing. This mindful moment is brought to you by Daily Word magazine. For more than 90 years, Daily Word has helped people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Take advantage of our 30-day free trial of the digital edition. You'll receive access to the online magazine, a daily email with the Word for the Day, and the Daily Word app. To sign up for the 30-day free trial, visit unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword.
culture is defined by the Oxford Dictionary as modern popular culture transmitted via mass media and aimed particularly at younger people. But can it be meaningful, spiritual even? The hosts of Pop Conscious think it can be and that it can be fun to explore too. Malena Don and Stacy Macris Ross will be your amateur cultural anthropologists examining pop culture and spirituality every Monday at 2 p.m. Central on Pop Conscious on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. That's right, everybody. Keep those cards and letters coming. And we love getting emails from you, so keep sending them over. We'd love to hear your opinions, your ideas, recommendations for this show. Um, just, again, it's just a wonderful journey that we're on today. We're talking to Allison J.K., that's with one L, Allison J.K. You can go to her website, uh, dot com and join her blog, learn all the things that she's about, how she does vibrational changes uh, with people. I mean, she's got a lot going on, a whole lot more than we have time to cover in an hour show. I had mentioned your first book, Allison, What If There Is Nothing Wrong? Um, you actually talk about, as far as the practice, living from nothing wrong, living in a place that nothing is wrong. Um, tell us about that. So, you know, Temple Hayes, when you were talking about that water practice, when you got into the, like the second sentence, your heart opened in such a beautiful way. The buoyancy, not that it was closed before, but there was increased buoyancy and increased joy singing from your heart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. showing me the beauty and your appreciation of it, of, of your practice and what it gives you. And that, what you ultimately described to me is gratitude. And I know when I have a client come to me, whether it's a local client here to this area or distant, and they have a chattering, active mind, typically somebody who is in some kind of industry where analysis is required, like a, an accountant or a marketing analyst or a CFO or something along those lines, software creator, they're um, needing an increased tool to be able to help quiet the mind above and beyond the vibrational upgrade through the energy medicine sessions and the meditation instruction. So I work even more on the heart chakra because having that open heart seems has presented itself to me over the years as being a backdoor approach to quieting the mind. And so... Gratitude, I have an oil for gratitude, and one of the, even if somebody is a a beautifully grateful being like you are and you described in that practice, gratitude is to me the power hitter for having that heart chakra open. And so living from that space, we're emanating out, and the heart chakra is the strongest of, there's 10 times more electrical 
activity measured by the EKG and EEG machines at the heart than at the brain. Even with all of the thoughts firing across the synapses and all of those electrical firings, therefore, they've measured it, and the heart's 10 times more electrically powerful, not powerful, but active, and so I equate it as powerful when we then come over into the electromagnetics of the law of attraction, the magnetic law of the universe. And so our attractor is really that heart chakra. So the strength of our ability to call to us and that more feminine or yin action of, of the magnetizing to or the calling to or the allowing for the receptivity of as opposed to the stepping out, the figuring out, the making happen, the to-do list, the action steps, it really rounds out and simplifies and makes even more magical and easy the act of creation. So living from the space of gratitude empowers the heart to be more open and more effectively magnetizing to us what we desire. So just based on simple logic, I'm going at this from a very mind approach here, it makes more sense to stay grateful than to get pissed because we don't end up getting what we want as easily when we're angry or frustrated or resentful or bitter. <laughs> no, we don't. That's for sure. Um, rule number, lesson 101, uh, it does not work from that path of resistance. That's for sure. Not not at all. Well, it's so interesting that you said that because um, one of the things I say so often is a trained mind equals an open heart. And I believe that, you know, with all of my being, that's my whole epilogue in my, in my book. It's all about the open-hearted perspective, uh, no doubt about it. And I, I like to say that, you know, when we look at um, on the Peter Russell's world clock that yeah. shows every second so many people dying, etc., that, you know, there are four times the amount of people on the planet that are dying from heart issues as there are cancer. And... Um, and yet people kind of go, well, that's a good way to go out or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, but or when they panic, when they hear the word cancer, but it, it yeah. it's just very interesting in perspective, right? Because there's so many issues around the heart that really affect people from the way of the electrical, the EKG, the vibration of what you're talking about. Um, so, um Living from a place that nothing's wrong, I mean, we, we want to get to a place of quieting our, our monkey mind um, and those kind of things. And, and coming from a place of, of, of more gratitude, like you, like you said, and I, I guess a word that comes up for me that's essential is, is surrender. You know, the, the surrender part for me has been a big thing because the training of my mind, the training of a patriarchal kind of way of life, corporate or whatever, is to kind of want to move on to the next thing or make it happen. Where the surrender is, it may not be necessary to happen at all, right? So yeah. it's working from that that empty space yeah. of of what could be or not be, and that's that's a that's a beautiful um, practice within it within itself so within your book are you giving i haven't had the good pleasure to read it yet um i very much like to but is there are there some practices that you recommend that we do so we could transcend from a place of the you know something's wrong with me today to you know rainy days and mondays get me down to this whole new place of not being a victim well i'm going to give you a a really big answer um 
encompass a couple of different things. You know how you talked about the water and it's at the end of the day charged with that consciousness? Yes. So I remember when I was coming home from the gym because I was a weight trainer as well as a yoga practitioner, I had just finished the weight training and I needed protein and so I went to, I'm a vegetarian and so I would go to this vegetarian Buddhist buffet that was on my way home from the gym and by the end of, um, I had raised and gotten so much lighter by the end of the 10th year of living there, which is the year I wrote, What If There's Nothing Wrong, that I could basically only eat from there because what I came to understand is they prayed over the food. It was that pure. It wasn't just that it was organic. It wasn't just that it was vegetarian. It was prayed over and I could feel, my system could feel and desired and wanted that consciousness and that life force that was in addition to the actual inherent nutrients. And so there was this life force all around us, the chi, the prana, the ki or the ka in different cultures, the ki of reiki from the Japanese culture, ka from the Egyptian. It's all around us and inside of us and in all animate life. So hooking into that is a way to raise ourselves up in out of whatever the mind is choosing to whine about in the current moment. And so if it's stepping outside and it's noticing the bird, the butterfly, the dragonfly, the lizard, the clouds, the sun, the tree, the waterfall, the water fountain, whatever it is to take out of the mind and into the receptive mode and the inclusive mode, because the mind is that still in that dualistic mode of separating and judging and evaluating. And so in, that contains an element of suffering because it separates out or from ourselves from all of life. The heart chakra is the inclusive one. So as a, a, a way to build more of what we've been talking about, coming from the heart and less from the mind, it's to connect with that animate life force all around us and build it and grow it. And so in my book, What If There's Nothing Wrong, I don't, it's conceptual and you get the energetic transmission like you're all getting now. The path I've walked, the work I've done, the work I do every day with clients, the consistent cultivation of my own chi, you're getting that transmitted through you. You're going to feel probably spacey if you don't already. And when you leave the call or the inter- or listening to the MP3, you're probably going to feel a little bit less able to um, one plus one equals two and just a little bit more peaceful because you're being taken out of the mind and out of the analytical mind and into the space and the expansiveness of the being in the body. So it's more the presentation of the energetics with what I discuss and what if there's nothing wrong. And then there's it's a vibrational upgrade in and of itself, the reading of what if there's nothing wrong, and you walk away with the understanding of how to do it. It's not so clear-cut present, uh, presentation of tools like one, two, three, four, five. And I wrote at Temple Hayes when I was in a Chinese-ified mind. I mean, I came back to the States and I actually asked a local American to help edit it back into American language because that was very... So the energetics that are in it are communicating to you. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it was quite an undertaking, really. I'm excited about this next book, though. This one's a vibrational upgrade. A Conspiracy for Our Bliss. What if there's a conspiracy for our bliss as a subtitle? (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about it? I know that you're excited to see it launched, and we'll have you on the radio show again. 
but could you give us just a little bit of background about that and how you started doing the vibrational upgrades? Because you have a, on your website, you actually have a vibrational upgrade system. You have opportunities for people to call in, um, to work with people, um, through internet ways of connecting. You have clients all over the world. So you want to tell us a little bit about the upgrade first? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, only because it helps give the energetics behind there being nothing wrong and living from that. Um, that's the whole reason why I wrote Vibrational Upgrade. In October, I started to hear from my guidance, there's there's new energy coming. Um, what you've been dealing with since around December 21st, 2012 is now becoming more substantial. And, and what if, so this is me asking the question in the energy kind of tempting me that I was sensing, it's the Christ consciousness embodied. It's the the absolute abundance of love, of joy, of well-being, of rewards even for those who have held the light for so long. And I wasn't approaching this saying, oh, dear God, help me feel rewarded for all the work I do or empty and needing Rewards. I was just listening because there was an energy that caught my attention. And one of the things said was rewards for those who have held the light. And I know about two years ago I was dealing a lot with the question of bullying, as we saw in the collective. And there were a lot of sensitives who were asking about, well, so what do I do? How do I, how do I deal with the bullying? I'm so soft and they're not and they're coming at me with it. How do I shake it off? How do I not have it happen? And it seemed like there was a dynamic of intensification as it happens in the healing crisis, like the fever peaking before it breaks or the zit filling up with the toxicity before you can pop the head of it. Right. Yeah, it was like the bullying was intensifying. Um, The ego-driven behavior was intensifying, and it's still happening. You can still see it, as I know you talk about and I know you see. At the same time, though, the favoring of the softness the favoring of the sensitivity of that surrendering open heart receptivity softness light being seems to be shifting so that the behavior that's ego dominant that contains the power struggles in whether it's financing or politics or anything in between in in interpersonal one-on-one relationships wasn't having the same kind of tsunami energy supporting it as it has for the last couple of thousand years it felt and what i've come to understand is it's now shifted and we are seeing the actual physicalizing of the energy that shifted during the december 21st 2012 alignment and i was at the mayan ruins i was a yoga teacher and an energy medicine practitioner on a cruise with a bunch of scientists and experts on the galactic alignment as they've termed it and we were going to the Mayan ruins, and we got special permission, apparently, to have a Mayan shaman do a ceremony with us at the ruins, and he said that, that when they came up with the, the predictions for December 21st, 2012, that they built the pyramids in response to seeing the height of the vibrations that were going to be coming onto the earth at this time. So they built these triangular stone structures in order to help the earth harness the height of this electrical and high vibrations coming onto the planet. So we have been fielding that, each of us, within our own individual systems. So people, I've seen 
about four years ago, I've seen people's spinal alignments, structural alignments getting adjusted, and I've heard colleagues around the world also talk about dealing with that. About three and four years ago, there was a lot of focus on lineages and clearing out the ancestral density, including the focus on lack coming from the grandparents, typically who had grown up under the Depression era, really clearing out the connection and attachment to the Depression era. So what I'm giving a few examples of is if I review retrospectively what I've been asked to work with since I've been back in the States, because I left two years before, two months before 9-11 happened, and I came back two years into Obama's first administration. So I was gone that whole time. So when I came back, since, since I've been back for the last five years, what I've been working with is you can see symptoms of a massive clearing and change in the work I was doing with people and what colleagues were also doing concurrently and there were overlaps in what we were being drawn and guided to work with within humanity. And so we have been going through a huge shift, and there's been a lot of purging of ego-based behavior, and there's been increased conflict at times because this is happening right now at the grandest perspective. So the vibrational upgrade happens specifically when I work with somebody. If they come to me and... So the question I ask is, if you could have anything out of the session, what would you? What do you desire for yourself? And at least 50% temple players don't know where to go with that. I, I don't ever ask, please tell me what's wrong, because they're already doing that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's the assumption of why they're coming to me. So it's, it's taking the mind out of the storyline. Um, people go silent. And, and, and being presented with the possibility to be able to create anything because we, we have that now more than ever before. We have the ability to really, with ease and, and speed, create what we desire. And so it, it, and it doesn't mean, oh, my God, if I'm not careful, I'll create something I don't want. I really must be careful of my thoughts. It doesn't mean go automatically into fear-based thinking of I must be careful. It just means that we have this upsurging of energy because this is considered humanity's greatest evolutionary leap ever into humanity's spiritual awakening. These are huge, extraordinary, magical times to be on this planet. And there is so much becoming available so the suffering that anybody is in is only because it's the yin to the yang of the opening they're about to go through and have. There's just, it's coming down to, is this a problem, this pain in my body, or is this pain helping me to open to something bigger? Ask, talk back. I mean, when I went to the monasteries in Asia, there were more classrooms than there were halls to meditate in because the dialoguing that happens from teacher to student and within the mind's assumptions is much more vast than the actual practice of seated meditation. It's just a brilliant time right now. And the vibrational upgrades I do is I work with people's assumptions, their hidden conclusions. Okay, so if this is a, a problem, why, why, why is it a problem? Oh, I listen and then we clear, we keep going back and clear, but... It, a lot of the time, that's when I'm doing the group work. When I'm one-on-one with a person, I, they can be silent, and typically um, they are if they want to be, and my hands are, are raising out the unconsciousness within their chakra system where all of the mind and body intersect at each of the seven main chakras. And I can clear out and do clear out past life lockdowns of, from trauma on their throat center, for example, when they've been killed or guillotined for speaking out before 
another lifetime about like Galileo or like a, a witch or a seer. And, and many people have been clearing that for the last five years so that they can feel safe in speaking out. And it, there's all different ways I can go about the vibrational upgrades, including what you're all receiving now, which is charged transmission of energetics behind the words so that you're getting cleared of these things as I talk about them. It's a, a lot of um, different ways to talk about it, but one of the ways is that it's a Buddhist um, teaching the transmission, or in yogic it's darshan, or in um, our current times it's, I term it a vibrational upgrade because your mind is, you're getting fried, your cognitive everyday thinking mind, and I'm raising up the consciousness within you that, and awakening the consciousness within you that has been kind of suppressed and underneath that lethargic living from there's something wrong that you were talking about in the beginning, Temple Hayes, and it is the typical reality out there of to living from something wrong. And there is a contrast, as I know you know, from going from America to another country, we are quite focused on what's wrong and what needs fixing in our country. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We build States. reality oh, shows around it. We build reality shows around it. We dramatize it. And, yeah, and it, it's part of being owned by something else other than our own inner power or a power that's available to us and we can use it because as long as we believe there's something wrong, then we need something from some product. We need something from yeah. something, you know, we are, and we're enslaved, you know. I mean, we, we talk about that we, slavery has had freedom. Um, no, not really. You know, we're still back to the original ideas of, of the Fillmore's, of the lessons in truth with Emily Cady of, you know, are you in, freedom or bondage and we're held bondage when we have to have the aspirin because you know every third thursday this happens to me and something's wrong i mean we're enslaved by these kind of concept and it it is a commitment to break the pattern of that it really is it just takes a a determination because you're bombarded with it you know you drive down the Mm -hmm. road and you see the how far it is to the emergency room you you know you need the flu shot you got to have that you got to have that because something's wrong with you because if you don't do it more things are going to be wrong with you so we're so duped and our culture you know like i say we're just little robotic people you know when we're sitting around knowing that we have the light beyond our greatest measure as marianne williamson would say so uh yeah i i love uh what you're doing or would you be at liberty to talk about a client that comes to mind um somewhere somehow that has had just a an awakening or a pivotal moment in his or her life because of the vibrational upgrade that you're talking about that transmission energy yeah i'd love to actually um and it's funny that you say that because i do a lot of that in the second book vibrational upgrade um is what if there's a conspiracy for our bliss is a way to show people more concretely. So one of the, my client today actually, the first one today, is um, an environmental scientist, and he's been one of the main voices about cautioning about global warming for the past three decades. And um, when he first started working with me approximately two years ago, so it's been from a distance and it's been weekly, he was burdened. He felt like he wasn't heard. He felt responsible for fixing global warming. Uh, he was, was working from home, so felt isolated. And what we've done over time is 
paid particular focus to the throat chakra because it's not just about communication at that one. There's another aspect to it that's very... um, I think I'm the only one who talks about it. It, 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 it. If we feel restricted, it shows up at the throat chakra. If we feel like we don't have choice and we're limited... It shows up at the throat chakra. So it will show up in the way somebody speaks or doesn't speak or, and also in what they don't allow themselves to choose and don't even allow themselves to consider as a possibility, which he did. He wasn't allowing himself to consider that he could actually stop being a voice warning about global warming because he thought it was his, his purpose, he thought it was his responsibility, and he was actually, as we peeled back the layers of unconsciousness week after week with the his energy medicine distant sessions, he started to see the the lockdown of trauma from other lifetimes when he was a voice against what was the injustice going on at the time. And so he's gotten increasingly freer from feeling like he is responsible for fixing what's wrong. And that also got adopted in his early life because his father, his father had a way of putting him down and saying he wasn't going to amount to anything, which was just his father, God bless him, taking out his frustration of having quit school at grade eight and having to provide for the family, working three different jobs, taking it out on my client. And so my client, in order to prove his dad wrong, went into science once he got turned on by a really good teacher in high school and relied on his intellect as his way to prove his father wrong. So his investment and attachment to being a successful scientist had to also get cut. So his belief that he had to prove his father wrong at the unconscious level also had to get cleared. So progressively now, he's been, we've taken him into quasi-retirement where he's no longer an acting partner at this firm and he's now able to take the assignments he chooses. He's no longer a voice warning against it. He actually just he came down for a master level training in my energy medicine and then went back up. And as he went back up, yesterday he went to a university and was asked by a colleague to speak to graduate students about environmental impacts statements and assessments. And he, was, he did. And he found himself saying, the change is going to happen, but it's through your thinking. So he was freer himself to be able to talk about approaching it not from a burdened, overwhelmed, martyred, no-choice existence, but from a, wow, we could actually be free, and if we're free, the earth is freer. If we're clearing our consciousness and we're peaceful, the earth is that. There's other ways to go about fixing it than these regulations that don't get enforced, and then he'd go, he would go into the cycle of how inept all of the governmental laws and regulations that don't get enforced or regulated are. And so coming completely out of that mental loop, he was able to talk about solutions that the students actually responded to um, just from feeling him be different in his energy, in the way that he spoke about what's happening on the earth right now. So it's a beautiful story of increasing freedom. It is. I just, what a powerful story there. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm honored. I'm, I'm deeply honored. And I just took on a new client yesterday who works with um, developing some software to help with, um, he finds that his mission 
to help after nine, what happened in 9-11, picking up after that and, and developing software for anti-terrorism, and, and he's feeling burdened. And so I already used the example I just used here with him. Um, there's an increasing, and, I, and it's client-based-wide. I have a, a Senate um, a senator from the Filipino National Senate who's one of my clients, and her getting unburdened with the feeling like she has to be a voice of reason and responsible for the change and instead doing it in a way that creates and, and allows them to choose a more free, lighter way that is in alignment with their higher self and with their joy as opposed to a mission, a purpose, a heavy responsibility. It's, it's, it's beautiful because it's much more buoyant and they're actually more effective as a light. Well, I tell you, it's so exciting what you're doing, Allison J.K., um, <laughs> and I want to remind everyone to go to her website, allisonjk.com, that's with one L, in the word Allison, and you can access so much stuff that she has to offer. Um, you can be part of having yourself a vibrational upgrade. I don't know anybody that can't use a vibrational upgrade. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for sure. Yeah. But you'll see her website is just loaded with wisdom and she truly is a, a lightning bolt. Um, as we're closing the show today, Allison, I, it's hard to believe. I know. Seems like we just got on the call about five minutes ago. Um, oh, how did you get the name lightning bolt? Um. I had somebody lay on my. (laughs) Yeah, you want to give it because you've been around when I've I've been delivering it. uh, Right? No, I think I know the answer for sure. How you got that name? (laughs) You give the answer then. Well, because that's that's what you do when you're in the midst of someone's energy field. Um, they're zapped, just like that power and that energy going all the way up their chakras, like that of a lightning bolt, just uh, yeah. clearing, cleansing, and renewal and invigorating. How was that for an answer? <laughs> Thank you. That was that was perfect. As I look at a quilt made of the chakra column right now, while well, you said that, my eyes followed as you said, go up the chakra column, the whole chakra column on the quilt somebody made for me. So perfect. Yes. <laughs> so I want you to go ahead and um, everybody look out for um, Allison. We're going to have her in June, and she's actually mm-hmm. going to do a live transmission with us, and we're going to have some people let us know and call in and create something kind of wonderful and exciting. If you love the conversation that like this that we're having today, uh, please get more involved with our work by going to firstunity.org, firstunity.org, or follow me on the website with my daily inspirations, uh, templehaze.com. I want to thank all of you for being part of this show. More importantly, your continuing ongoing contributions uh, to Unity Online Radio. We truly are a voice of an awakened for an awakened world. Allison, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to us coming together again. Until the next time, thank you for being with us. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org.
ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Carpenter was working at a cathedral. He was laying tiles on the highest part of the roof and wasn't making an effort to do a good job. His foreman noticed the poor work and said, you'll have to redo that portion of the roof and do it right. The carpenter asked why. No one's ever going to see these tiles way up here. The foreman answered, God will see them and God is very particular. Although other people may not see it, The universe is aware of your attitude. So are you. Your attitude affects every aspect of your life. If you change your attitude, you will change your life. Changing your thoughts helps change your actions and can result in positive changes in the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. This world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Reverend Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Just like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. 
Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.